In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a common thread of storytelling that we all know. It's one of the genres that sometimes tugs on our heartstrings, and for many of us makes us sentimental, perhaps even teary-eyed. The story goes something like this. A child of some age, usually older than six or seven, but not old enough to be a mature teenager or young adult, has, by some circumstances beyond their control, become an orphan. Or, if not an orphan, they have parents who cannot support them or who are just absent in their life. Problems arise, either in an orphanage itself, or in school, or on the streets. Occasionally, in the story, the child begins to run with the wrong crowd, perhaps even gets in trouble with the law, or comes into some other debased form of life. One day, out of the blue as it were, someone finds this child, sees some sort of potential in them, and in one way or another takes them in. There might be a settling in process, maybe a few returns to the old haunts or lifestyles that are difficult to give up, but eventually the story ends with that child being fully adopted into the family, or winning such affections from somebody, perhaps a fatherly or grandfatherly figure, that they live with the family, become named in the will, and they live happily ever after. If this story sounds vaguely familiar, it's because it's all around us. From Charles Dickens' Oliver Twist, the musical Annie, based on the comic strip Little Orphan Annie, or even a story that is true and we know who some of the players are, like Michael Orr and the story that resulted in both the book and the film The Blind Side. There are also probably some Hallmark and Disney movies with the same theme and thread. It is a heartwarming story and is one that has been passed to us in literature, theater, and film since we have begun to tell stories to each other. One of the old English titles for the first chapter of the Gospel of John is St. John Unfolds the Mystery of the Incarnation. That is a very grand and dignified way of referring to the gospel passage we just heard. And in this wonderful prologue, there is this curious phrasing near the middle of it. But to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of the will of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is a curious phrase. How is it that the coming of this word, the coming of the Son of God, leads directly into us being children of God? We must return to the early days of the Old Testament and revisit some of the stories of both Abraham and Moses. Abraham is given a promise, a covenant, and two things are said in that covenant. 
First is that Abraham will become a great nation, a great name, and that in him all the families of the earth will be blessed. Second, God establishes that he will be God to Abraham and all of his offspring, and they will, in essence, be his people. Now, several hundred years later, we come to Moses, who has led the people of Israel out of Egypt into the Sinai wilderness. There, over the course of 40 days, God gives the law, the Ten Commandments, and all the other precepts that come through this law. This is what St. Paul was referring to in our epistle from Galatians this morning. When we think of this law, we sometimes refer to it as this burden that had to be carried. In reality, the law was meant to be a source of giving life, of forming and molding those who follow it into the people of God. And in our now modern ears, we hear and nod in agreement that the law was our disciplinarian. Part of the problem is the way we have translated Paul in this passage. We read and hear these passages with our mind's eye picturing dark dungeons and perhaps a law beating us into some form of submission. The Greek that Paul is writing in, though, comes across differently. Paul is saying that the law is more like a tutor or a coach. King James Bible even uses the word schoolmaster here. The image that Paul is relating in this portion of Galatians is of the law as a guard over us to protect us, to teach us, to have a custodial role over us until the fullness of time when Christ redeems us. And for that redemption to happen, Jesus himself was born into the same custom and discipline of the law. Saints John and Paul are looking at the same object from different perspectives, but each are saying the same thing. Through this act of God coming into the world, as he who we know as Jesus, of God coming and living as man among us, God begins the restoration of creation. All and part and part of all this restoration is for us to be the people of God, but in a close way, a more intimate way. We are adopted into the family of God, a divine adoption to become children of God. And we do not do this through any power of our own. The will of man does not decide or make this possible. The will of our own selves does not redeem us. Only through the will of God, of this whole God in Trinity, are we able to be called into the family of God. And St. Paul says that there is yet more. It is not that we are just called into the family as children, but we are 
called to inherit in it as full members of the family. You see, what we inherit is a full share of the love and relationship that God in Trinity already has. It is this outpouring of this love that results in creation and results in redemption. It's like filling a barrel or a water cistern with water, but never stopping once it's full, but to continue to let that water pour out and overflow until the entire universe is saturated in that love. St. John calls this grace and says that it is the fullness of this grace, grace upon grace, that we have received. One of the prevailing thoughts of modern Christianity is that because of Jesus, we are no longer under the law, that it is old and antiquated, of no use. And this is simply not true. Let's go back to some of our adoption stories. One of the characteristics of many of them is that the orphan must adapt to the way of life that the family requires. They must come to dinner on time, help with the chores, do their schoolwork. There are even some scenarios that resemble thou shalt nots. They can't see their drug-dealing friends. They are asked not to go stealing from other people. There are even forms of the story where the child is needing some direction, some mentor to help them on their way. We are adopted by God, but that doesn't mean that we have a monopoly card that says, this child of mine can do no wrong. Let them break every rule they feel doesn't apply to them. The law just doesn't disappear. It's like our fourth grade history teacher who made certain we knew our facts and timelines. They just don't disappear. The law is now for us a code of how we are to live into the fullness of being children of being heirs of God. Yes, some of it has been declared as no longer valid. Remember Peter's vision of the unclean animals and being given the command to kill and eat. But the law is there to help form us into the children whom God wants us to be. From time to time, we recite the opening of the law, the Ten Commandments. That is a simple and basic reminder of what living as a child of God looks like. And so, and so do many of the other precepts. It's that trait of family custom and tradition. I was reminded the other day of a trip I took with a close and dear friend back during the Christmas and New Year of 2002 turning into 2003. His family tradition, which stemmed all the way from Virginia and went back something like at least four generations, was that on Christmas Day, they ate oyster stew. 
turkey, ham, goose, dressing, none of that mattered. But the family custom was to eat this oyster stew. That was actually a problem, and it vexed his family. How was Kyle going to continue that tradition? One of his parents came up with a solution. They found a can of it. Not some great-grandmother's recipe, mind you, but it was oyster stew nonetheless. And they packed it into his luggage. Come Christmas morning, and before we got ready to go to Westminster Abbey for Christmas Day Mass, Kyle opened the can, and even though the contents looked less than appetizing, took a few spoonfuls to fulfill the tradition of his family. The law was our teacher. Jesus came to show us the meaning and the fulfillment of the law, how to live into it in its fullest. By doing so, he taught us how to become sons and daughters of the Most High, to share in the eternal inheritance of God. And we continue those traditions, those things that have been handed down to us. As we grow, as we continue to live into this family, we learn that it's truly the best of all families, the best relationship in the world. And we learn that our utter dependence is on God, who we come to know as Father, and to whom we rely, we trust, and we depend on. Thanks be to God for this gift of adoption and our great inheritance. Amen.